Okay. Hello, everyone. Good morning to those of you here and at home. If you missed the beginning, I am Emily, and I'm going to be sharing with you today. Um, I didn't pray at the beginning of my last message, so today, at this service, um, we are going to start by praying. I even have pray right at the top of my papers, so <laughs> let's pray. God, I do really want to pray that um, as we come to hear your word, that you will challenge us, but you'll also encourage us. Just, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to speak into each of our hearts and just give us a nugget or something um, that we can take away today, Lord Jesus. Challenge me as well um, and just help me to communicate clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I have a launching pad scripture. Now, this is like my terminology for it, but it's where we're going to start off. We're going to take off like with a helicopter, hover around a bit and come back to it a bit later on in the message. So um, today's title is A Kingdom Mentality. However, if you want to retitle it, Being a Superhero for God, you can do that as well. If you want something a bit more random or something a bit more spiritual, your choice of what direction you want to head in today. Um, So we're going to start off with Matthew 6. Um, If you have your Bibles, um, turn to your Bibles and just stay there because we are coming back to it as well. So Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33. So do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So earlier on in the year, as um, we will read in Matthew 6 and the whole um, expanded um, section of that about do not worrying, God just stood out the seek first his kingdom part of that passage. And I was really challenged because I was like, am I really seeking God's kingdom? Like, what does it really mean to seek God's kingdom. I mean, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I pray. I I read my Bible. um, I try to do do what God has called me to be. Is that it? Is that all it is? So I kind of went on a little exploration. And to be honest, there's so much about the kingdom of God that you can explore and read about. In fact, it's it's mentioned in the New Testament over a hundred times, depending what version you have. There's different numbers. One of them, it was 167 times the phrase kingdom of God was mentioned. So that's a lot of stuff. I'm not going to mention 167 things here today, um, but just a few things on what I'm sharing about the kingdom of God this morning. Something that we need to know and understand is that John the Baptist proclaimed the kingdom of God is near when he was on the earth. And then Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught parables about the kingdom of God. But also the apostles, even though they had lived through Jesus dying on the cross and being raised again and knowing that there was eternal life, they didn't just preach Jesus. They preached the gospel um, and the kingdom of God. And in Acts 8.12, it says that, but when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ. See, 
I believe we need a revelation not just about Jesus and all that Jesus has done for us, but also the kingdom of God that is there for us, that we have access to. See, God created the world to be a perfect place for us to hang out with him, for us to rule over the world. But yeah, we messed it up, didn't we? Human people messed it up when sin entered into the world and Jesus had to be the answer Jesus was the answer. He has allowed us to have that relationship with God. He was in the beginning. He is going to be at the end of this world. He is going to be in the future, in a new heaven and a new earth. He was our answer, our saviour, but he's also the doorway to the kingdom of heaven. And I believe that we are entering into a season where we need to step it up as Christians. Maybe Christians as a whole should be stepping it up already, But we need to, as Christians, step it up. We need to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God on this earth. So number one, we first of all, to be those ambassadors, need to know what we have access to. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that the world is headed in a very dark direction. There's so many difficult things that we hear about on the news. We are in a battleground, and Wendy mentioned this in her message um, a few weeks ago. The kingdom of darkness first in the kingdom of God. We are in a spiritual battle. And God talks about this kingdom in a parable, the parable of weeds in Matthew 13, verse 24 to 28. And this is what it says. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. Just going to pause there for a minute. So where I live, um, it backs on to like a wooded area. And it's really pretty, like sitting out there looking at the trees. But it also can be really annoying because you get all the bits from the wood into your garden. And there's this one tree um, that produces these fluffy bits. And at one part in the year, those fluffy bits decide to descend on our garden. The girls think it's great. They're like, oh, there's little fairies floating around in our garden. Um, But those fluffy bits then go into my gravel because I've got a gravel garden. And if, if it's not too long before little weeds and little things start to sprout up in my garden and it's okay if you get to them early because the roots of those weeds are really shallow and they come up really easy. But if you leave them because you're busy and you just have other things that kind of might be a bit more better to do than weeding in the garden, um, the roots go deeper and (laughs) it's harder to pull them up and get them up out of the ground. Now, the enemy has been at work on this earth just like we are living as Christians um, trying to do the right thing. A while ago, previous years, previous decades in society, there would be things that wouldn't be acceptable 
to what they are now. Things now that are being pushed forward in so many different fronts that our young people are having to hear about and face and um, struggle with. If you listen to different actors, young actors in Hollywood who are coming up and proclaiming to be certain people or certain orientations or different things, these are weeds that have grown roots in, into the earth here that once wouldn't have been acceptable but are now pushing full speed ahead and anybody who comes up against them is standing in their way and they won't mind telling you that. They won't mind saying you're wrong, how you believe is wrong, what you're saying is wrong and they won't stop until we change our minds to believe and accept that way. These are things that the kingdom of darkness is sowing in this world. But there is the kingdom of God, and we're the kingdom of God. And we need to have deep roots so that we can grow up and be not living in a spirit of fear, but be proclaiming what God has called us to proclaim. Speaking the truth, speaking the biblical truth of what God wants us to, to be doing. One thing that stuck out to me in the unanswered prayer course was um, the persecuted Christians and how the lady was able to, to sing in jail. She was able to sing. Now, when my girls are happy, they sing. They sing and then they battle singing and it's really happy for a moment. But when you're happy, they sing. <laughs> How you can be happy and singing when you're in prison and you're being tortured. Um, and if you don't really know the extent of what torture is for the persecuted Christians, go watch a movie that has a spy that is captured and they're trying to get information out of them. Um, it's very obvious in the series Quantico, if you've ever seen that on Disney+. Plus. They, they capture them and they do all terrible things to them. Um, you, you, you don't want to even imagine the pain um, that, that they face. But for persecuted Christians, they have got this eternal perspective. What drives them isn't just the fact that Jesus saved them, it's the fact that they know that one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth where there's going to be no pain and no tears and no hurting, that, that things are going to be better than what they're living now, and that is what drives them. We need to stop focusing on the here and now. I think we get so consumed on what our circumstances are and the things that, that are challenging us or we're finding difficult that, that it takes our attention of what God really wants us to be doing and we focus on us and our problems. But we need to have an eternal perspective. We need to have the strength and the power from the Holy Spirit and we need an understanding of the authority that God has given us to be able to face the works of darkness in this earth. Because God has it all, they're available for us to use and take hold of. We can come here and we can sing and proclaim, I am blessed, I am called, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm anointed, highly favoured, filled with the power for the glory of Jesus' name. But it's one thing singing it in church and another thing doing it to the people of this world. We can't just sing it. We need to walk in it. Every single one of us needs to walk as if we're anointed, walk as if we're filled with power. 
In Matthew 16, verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have keys to be able to do amazing things for the kingdom of God now. And we need to walk in that power. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is a living by God's power. We need to not walk in a spirit of fear. The enemy wants us to walk in a spirit of fear. We need to shake that off and walk in the power that God has given us. And that might be like, oh my goodness, I can't walk in God's power. I can't do this. But God can grow that inside of you. Point number two is to know how to grow. See, the kingdom of God wasn't meant to be something small. It's meant to be something big that expands, that grows. And God shows us that the kingdom of God is something to grow. In Matthew 13, verse 31, it says, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it was the smallest of seeds, when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch on its branches. You might have the littlest bit of faith, be like, I'm just a new Christian. I just believe a little bit in Jesus. God can take that little bit of belief and he can grow it inside of you so that you can walk in authority, so you can walk in power, so you're not afraid of what your friends or your neighbours or the person who you walk past in the street thinks about you. The kingdom of God is meant to expand into every area of our life and into everything that we touch and come across. In Matthew 13, 33, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the day. You see, the kingdom of God, it might just touch a little bit of you. You might have been like, oh, I got saved here, but then it's meant to spread through your whole life. Everywhere you're walking, in the supermarkets, in the town in King's Lynn, in your school, in your workplaces, in the library, wherever you go, in the gardens, in the forest, in Sandringham, in Hunstanton, wherever it is, the kingdom of God should be growing around you because you're walking in that power and authority that you have. One man um, in a parable that Jesus shared, he got it, he understood it. I've skipped ahead. Hold that thought, we'll come back to it. <laughs> I skipped ahead, sorry, got excited. Okay, going back. <laughs> Cultivating the kingdom of God. Okay, we'll talk about the man who got it in a minute. Hopefully you'll get it today. The definition for cultivate is to prepare and work on land in order to raise crops till to promote or improve the growth of a plant, a crop, by labour and attention. See, it takes work. The kingdom of God isn't just going to grow inside of us. Okay, here God, just grow. <laughs> we need to do something. We need to work at being the best ambassadors for the kingdom of God that we can be. How do we cultivate? Daryl has already given us the answers to this 
if you were a part of the Fast Forward evenings, um, you would have heard him share Acts 13, verses 2 to 3. While we were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So how do we cultivate? We worship, we pray, we fast. And can I just say how amazing it was to have 50 people praying on that evening? Not many churches will get 50 people together for a prayer meeting. You might think, oh, well, that's normal here. We have like 30 on a Tuesday morning and 50 here. A lot of churches, they don't get it. They don't get that prayer is important. But we're already on a good path because we are a praying church that prays. Let's be a church that prays, that worships, but also fasts so that we can cultivate that relationship with God and fulfill our potential in the kingdom of God and that plan that he has for us. Now, if we return to Matthew 6, where I started from, At the end, it says about seeking first the kingdom of God. And this was ahead of some other things that Jesus was sharing. So at the beginning of Matthew 6, and I won't read it all out, but um, if you just look yourselves in your Bible or go home and look into this um, in the week, it it would be a really good um, little Bible study for you. At the beginning of Matthew 6, it talks about giving to the needy. And then in verse 5, it talks about prayer. And then it goes on to talk about fasting. Right before all the things that prevent us from seeking first the kingdom of God. See, God wants us to be giving to the poor. God wants us to be praying. God wants us to be fasting. He doesn't want us to be focusing on us and our situations and our problems and our difficulties in the here and now. He wants us to be focusing on his kingdom. Because at the end of it, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to it. So we don't have to worry about our food and our clothes and our money and all of these things. We don't need to be storing treasures on the earth where moths and vermin can destroy. And that's in um, verse 19 of Matthew 6. We need to be storing our treasures for the kingdom of heaven. We need to be building the kingdom of heaven. We like building the kingdom of heaven. What's that? Sharing the gospel in your homes with your family when your little children are nice battle singing and they're fighting and it's like, oh, it was lovely you're singing at first and then they're fighting. Okay. God don't want us to be fighting. Let's sing and be joyful together. Cultivating joy and gentleness. And it's hard sometimes when you've got children jumping on each other and fighting. But doing, just building that kingdom of heaven in our homes, in our workplaces, when everyone else is cursing, not cursing, and being different. It takes work, it's hard. The underlying theme of Matthew 6 is it's not about you. It's about the kingdom of heaven, about God. Let's bring our attention to God. And the man who got it right (laughs) in Matthew 13, verse 44, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought the field. I'm not asking you to go sell all you have. But what this scripture is showing you is that once he had found what the kingdom of God had to offer and he had found Jesus, it didn't matter about all those other things that he had. He bought a field and put the king, his treasure, which is like the kingdom of God, right there and there was a place for it. Where is God placed in your life? Where is, your, where is the kingdom of God placed in your life? See, we've got it all mixed up. Sometimes I think we're like, this is what I have to do. I have to drop my kids off at school. I have to work. I have to get some food so they eat. I have to do that. Where is God going to fit in? What we have to be doing is spending our time with God. And out of that, everything else we do should come out of it. Out of that, that time with him. Jesus modeled that. He spent his time with God, and it's what the God showed him to do is what he went and did. Just think about how um, he was walking from one place to another, and he told the disciples, we're going to go through Samaria. Who told him to go through Samaria where he met the woman at the well? God. He knew he had to go there. How are we going to know who we're meant to be talking to and what we're meant to be saying? Because we don't have all the answers. You don't. And it might be hard because we might want to live in a spirit of fear. We might want to think, oh, we're weak, I can't do that. But we can be like Captain America. Okay? I don't know if you've seen the movie Captain America, but Captain America um, was wanting to fight in the war, World War II, or one of the wars, um, but he was like really weak and there's loads of stuff wrong with him and he couldn't pass any of the medicals and he went from place to place to place but he kept trying to go and fight in the war for his country and he went to one place and a man chose him for a secret project and what they did is they came and they injected his body to make him this strong, big, powerful man to be able to go fight in this war took him a while to actually get to go fight in the war but he went and fought in the war and he became one of the Avengers one of the superheroes we can be like Captain America we might think we're weak and we don't have this strength we don't have the confidence we don't have the courage to be able to tell people about Jesus but with the power of the Holy Spirit we do See, we have that power, we have that authority, as I've already mentioned. But we have to just allow ourselves to walk in that, take our um, perspective off of us and get that kingdom of God perspective, that kingdom of God mentality. And once we do that, we need to know that we have to sow. In Matthew 21, verse 28, to 32 it says this what do you think there was a man who had two sons he went to the first and said son and go son go and work today in the vineyard I will not he answered but later he changed his mind and went 
Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Let me ask you this, which son are you? God was talking to God's chosen, Jesus was talking to God's chosen people. They thought they were good with God. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were following the law that God had given them. But they missed the point when Jesus actually came to the earth. They missed it. We come to church. We read the Bible. We pray. I hope we do. Anyway, (laughs) we sing songs to God. We try our best to raise our families to follow Jesus. Are we telling people about Jesus? Are we sitting in our cosy little lifeboat with our life jackets on and letting people drown around us? If we are, something is wrong. We need to take our eyes off of ourselves and our own situations and start focusing on building the kingdom of God. But it starts here in our hearts. It starts here in our minds. It's what drives us. It's what our attention lies to. It's what we're striving for. We have to make a choice. It's not easy. (laughs) Sometimes we're worried what people are going to think or say about us. But let me encourage you today. A part of my job um, is, in my work, I have to offer prayer to people I help in our appointments. Now, the majority of those people are not Christians. Some of them say, I'm not religious, (laughs) don't believe any of that stuff. But when I offer prayer, 95% of them will say yes. And in those moments, God will come and reveal himself to them, and you'll feel the peace and the presence of God come into the the people's homes or over the phone. You'll You'll feel God come. We just have to have the boldness and the courage to offer prayer, to offer help, to offer guidance and wisdom to those around us. Whether it's in the playground um, when we're picking up our children and we're hearing one of the mums saying how she's got a health problem or or struggling with with one of the children, we could get alongside them and say, oh, I can pray for you, you know. Let us not be embarrassed about telling people where we are on Sunday morning, say, oh, I'll go to church. Let's not be embarrassed about that. Let us walk as ambassadors to the kingdom of God, boldly proclaiming what we believe in. Because so many other worldviews and so many other religions, they don't care what people think. They do it. They say it. They speak it. We need to ask God for boldness, for a courage to walk it out, to walk out in that authority that he has given us. And we're going to get ready to end now. So the worship team can come up. But I'm going to say a prayer before that. And as their worship team are playing, I want you just to really take some time to think, God, what are you saying to me this morning? Maybe you've been walking with fear about 
telling people about Jesus or telling them that you are a Christian or sharing the good news of what God has done in your life. Maybe you're like, actually, my prayer life really isn't great and I just need to make sure I am spending time with him, spending time with Jesus. But I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what he wants you to take away today and challenge you to take something away to to be able to walk as an ambassador for the kingdom of God and have that kingdom of God mentality. God, I just thank you for each person here this morning and at home watching. And God, I just pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts right now. Show us what we need to change in our lives. Show us where we can be either spending more time with you or sharing more about you. I pray you'll fill us with a new boldness, a new courage to be able to be a true ambassador for you, God, in your kingdom. God, for those who have walked in a spirit of fear, we rebuke the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that we will start walking in your power and authority that you've given us access to. Give us a revelation of that, Jesus. We thank you so much, God.